What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. Shannon McBride, welcome to Wellish. I'm so excited to have you with me here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really wanted to have you on the show as we were talking about beforehand. I really want to have you on because as we're coming to the end of our 28 Days of Self-Love series, I really think it would be impactful for people to hear about a transformation story, to hear live living proof that you can go from this place of, you know, as you described in your questionnaire when you filled it out for to be on the show, a place of self-hatred and really get to a place of genuine self-love and a place of success. So um, if you don't mind, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself, what is it that you do right now? I know you, we were just talking about your mindset coaching. Yeah, so I am Shannon McBride. And um, first of all, I'm a mom of two. So that's basically what I spend my day doing. Um, But yeah, I am a mindset coach. So I work with predominantly children and teenagers doing a lot of mindfulness sessions and a lot of work to improve their confidence and their emotional resilience. And then I also work with parents with the motivational side of things, um, goal setting. Sometimes it's just emotional support for the parents as well and implementing mindfulness techniques. Um, and I'm also just in my final year of my social work degree. So I went for my degree a few years ago, took a break, started the business and now I'm just back. So I'll be a newly qualified social worker in the summer. Awesome. That's so exciting. I love that. Cool. So if you don't mind, I kind of want to start at the beginning, which is typically not the way that I start my interviews because I think it's a really heavy place to begin Um, But if you don't mind sharing kind of what your low point really looked like as a starting point, and we can progress through um, to where you're at now and the success that you're having in your self-love. Yeah, sure. So I think as a teenager growing up, I never really, I, I think I'd always struggled with my mental health. I just didn't realize. So I think I was always very low mood. Um, I really always struggled with my mindset and all really negative thoughts, loads of anxiety. I just didn't know what it was back then. I just thought that was normal. Mm-hmm. And then I had my son quite young. So I was 19 when I had my son and I was already quite depressed then. And so it triggered just this really bad postnatal depression. And I just went into almost like a spiral that I don't think I really came out of for a, a, a lot of years. Um, and it was just a really difficult time. But on the surface, I was still going to work. I was really happy. I don't think anyone really realized. And I speak to people now that knew me then. And they were just like, oh, I just had no idea. And um, it was just on the inside. Like I absolutely hated myself. I just, my mind was constantly negative thoughts, intrusive thoughts. Like, I just didn't want to be here. Everything just felt so difficult. And I look back sometimes now and I think, gosh, why did you find that so hard? But it was, it was like, it was just so difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Getting through the day was difficult. Um, yeah. And then I kind of just carried on. I didn't know, I just didn't know any different. And there wasn't, we talk a lot now about mental health, but they're just really, this. so we're going back maybe 12 years, 13 years. It just wasn't the same. We just didn't have, I remember the midwife coming around. So are you okay? And I said, yeah. And then she goes, cause, cause I've got a nice house. I've got a partner. I'm working. It just looked pretty much like, oh, she's fine. Um, Not all together, yeah. And I think I remember one day Googling um, signs of depression and I read them all through and I thought, well, yeah. And then it said, go to your GP if this, and it was about, um, self-harm or something and so I hadn't done it but I had I definitely had thoughts about like not being here and it said um, you know go to your GP and I thought okay so I really should go to GP I used to book appointments all the time and then I'd cancel and then I'd book and then I'd cancel because I kept telling myself but you look fine and you are fine and when it was really bad I think okay get help and then when you've got help and you get ready for the day and you've got to go to the doctors you think well they're not going to believe you or then I was scared if I said how bad it really was or they'd take my kids away or think mm-hmm. that sort of thing mm-hmm. I just used to tell myself all the time that I was, yeah, that, that no one would believe me maybe, or that it wasn't that bad, even though I knew it was bad. <laughs> yeah, so, right. So uh, what advice then would you give to somebody? Because it sounds like you almost had a hard time prioritizing your own needs. What would you tell somebody that struggles with that? Because I can totally picture the back and forth and and convincing yourself that you're okay. So what would you say to somebody that needs to prioritize their own needs? Yeah, I think definitely like when you feel that you are struggling, it's to like just accept that, you know, that you are struggling. It's not going to be forever, but you really are struggling. And that is completely okay. Because I think what I kept doing is pushing through it. 
and pushing through it. But each time I pushed through it, it was worse when I got low again. So I'd almost get up a little bit and then get down. But I was down longer. So I'd spend days in bed. I'd be crying. I'd be angry. And it was just such a difficult time, like your mind, your body, everything stressed us to the body. So I think it's just to really accept where you are at and it's okay to get help. And I know everybody says that it's okay not to be okay, but truly it really is like, it's okay if it's all gone wrong. It's okay if it's a mess. It's okay if you don't like your life. It's okay if you don't like your partner. It's okay if you're struggling as a parent and you don't, you don't enjoy it. Like, that's fine. Um, it's okay if your friends don't feel like your friends anymore. It's okay if you, you know, these were all things that happened to me. I was in debt. All of these things are fine. But I think it just it gets really hard on you if you keep keep pushing through and keep pushing through, keep pushing, because it'll all catch up with you eventually. And then that's mm-hmm. kind of what me. I literally had like a complete breakdown and I just couldn't cope anymore. Um, and that's kind of where I started rebuilding from. But yeah, I think if I gave anybody advice, it's just to accept, accept, just, just acknowledging, acknowledging and accepting and, and yeah, just don't, not to be hard on yourself. We all, life just throws things at us at any point in time. It's not, um, yeah, you're not failing, but I, I think it's help. Yeah. Oh my God. That's such good advice to just accept and acknowledge. And I feel like I always say that the first step of being able to accomplish anything or to move into any sort of wellness or best self or self-love is that you have to have the awareness behind it. And so I feel like that's really what that speaks to is, you know, you have to, you know, accept that this is where you're at and become aware of like, okay, I obviously am struggling. It was there. What happened that like you said when you were younger that you weren't very aware what made you aware I think so that that kind of continued that that up and down just being low for ages um and in 2018 I there was a um a family member passed away uh, a relationship broke down I was in a huge amount of debt and everything just kind of it was just one of them where I went down I just couldn't get back up mm-hmm. and I think that I kind of pair the two timings together that I almost had like a spiritual awakening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they kind of say that that mental health crises look very similar. And it was just this weird period of time where I started to read a lot and, and just, yeah, it was just learning. It's like, I just went on this weird journey of learning and I started to become really self-aware from yeah reading. I think it was just a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. learning how the brain works, understanding trauma, what trauma looks like in the body, what even is trauma. Some things that we, we, ex- I mean, I did, I thought trauma meant like something horrific has happened, but trauma can be bullying. Trauma can be mm-hmm. small things. Tra- trauma can be lots of little different things. So yeah, it was really understanding like what trauma was, how it impacts the body. And then I started to understand myself and I was like, oh my God, it's just like all these light bulbs started going off. And then the more that happened, the more I was just like, okay, let's do this. Let's get better. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. I totally, totally relate to that because it is like you get to this point. I probably was not as low as you were, but I do. I mean, obviously I went through stuff too, just because that's how I got to starting a podcast about it. But I, I relate to that, that, and I never really connected those dots that it's like, yeah, I'm sitting here like, fuck, I can't live my life like this anymore. So you start reading about it and learning about it. And you're like, oh, okay. Now I'm coming more aware. I like that. Um, so you mentioned that you didn't want to bring it up to people or even a doctor because you were afraid of feeling judged or like people wouldn't believe you. And so you went through all of this self-hatred alone. What would you tell that version of yourself with the knowledge that you have now? I think I would definitely say that it, this is not, this is not you. Like all the things who I thought I was and all the things I hated about myself, it, that isn't you. Like the things, mm-hmm. like for an example, like I would usually be really reactive to my son and I, I felt like I really struggled to connect. And I spent every single night crying. I hated myself as a mom. I thought he would grow up to hate me and all these different things. But the way that I was feeling, that was just um, unhealed pain. Do you know what I mean? Like anger is a lot of the time, it's just unhealed pain. And it's like, I was just, yeah, it wasn't me. That's not you. That's not who you are. Um, and cause I did, I used to give myself such a hard time and I was so horrible to myself. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would just say like, it's not, yeah. And you're doing your best. I really was doing my best, but I would never tell myself that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was the worst person in the world. I thought it was horrible, all these horrible things. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say like, this isn't you, this doesn't define who you are. That's and you're doing your best. Right. Well, that's interesting about you saying you're doing your best because I just, I really feel that, you know, obviously your best changes and, you know, that's the point that you were at in your life. And that's the point that you were at in your mind 
mindset and your mental health journey and all of these things. And it's like, so at that time you were doing your best, but because you know that you're capable of more and because you know that you can love yourself more and uh, improve more that you're like, no, this sucks. I'm horrible. And I need to align with the way that everybody else sees me, which probably contributed to the image that you were putting Mm -hmm. on for everybody else, because it was like, this is who I want to be. And this is who I can be, but I just am not that person right now. So I love that, that you say that. That's so true. That's really so true. Cause I had such a thing about, yeah, like everything's fine. I'm coping as a mom. My relationship's fine loved everything's great and I would take on everything at work and it was just I was taking on a court I was always doing something always doing 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 I don't think I ever had a day where I was just sitting because I couldn't sit with myself I hated being on my own I hated <laughs> my head so I was just non-stop just wearing myself out <laughs> yes I can so picture that for myself too that's funny well it's not funny but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, do you have any words to help people better understand or trust that it's possible to get them to a place they completely love themselves yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm living proof because, and there's so many small things. Like, for example, I went to uni the other day and I was walking along and I was eating an apple and I was just so happy walking along eating an apple. And I recorded myself because I thought there's no way I would ever have walked along in public eating an apple. And I know it sounds so funny, but I would usually be so self-conscious because I think people are looking at me and like, I feel really awkward, but I was just so carefree. And um, yeah, I mean, even to come on here and talk to you, I'd have never have done that. I do loads of networking. I won a business award. I've been up on stage talking. Um, I've written about my my um, journey on like a blog thing before. There's just loads of things, things I do with my kids. Like, like I said, I could never go out on my own. Um, I go out all the time on my own. I love being on my own. So yeah, I think it's it's 110% possible, 200% possible. Um, yeah. And it, and it shows up in just small little ways, like being on your own and, and your confidence and just who you are as a person, you just keep evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving and it just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. It's definitely- yeah. I love it. Tell me about, I know we talked about it a little bit, but tell me about your breaking point. So you had mentioned you lost a family member and you just started like reading, but what happened that triggered you to begin to learn yourself again? Like what did that look like? I know you, again, you mentioned the reading, so that's kind of where you began, but can you walk me through that process? Um, so I think it was a build up. I was, my relationship kind of struggling. <clears throat> there was a lot going on just before the the passing of the family member. So it was quite a lot of tension in the family. There was just a lot of pressure on my shoulders. I was in my second year at uni doing a full-time social work role. Um, I was, had two young kids. I was on my own. So it was just, the pressure was, it was just a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I think I was just so emotionally overwhelmed and all of the years of me just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, this time it just snapped and I just, I couldn't. And it was almost like the universe was like, not this time. We, you are not shoving that all back in that box. We are dealing with it now. Um, and yeah, I just had to sit with it. And I remember one particular day, because I couldn't sleep, so I'd stay up, then I'd take the kids to school and I'd literally put a coat on, put boots on and just drive them and come back. And I'd always get back on the sofa and I'd just cry all day. I'd just sob into the back of the sofa. And this particular day I was driving to the school and my car just stopped and I was like, oh my God. And it just wouldn't turn back on. And we're in the traffic, school traffic. So these men came from behind, pushed me onto the pavement, had to get the kids out. And it was only a 10 minute drive, but it's an hour walk. So I had to walk the kids to school, still in my pajamas, big coat on, um, drop them off. And I was like, okay, so I've got no phone, no bank card, no money, nothing. I literally just left the house to drop them. So I had to do this whole walk all the way back for an hour. And it was so weird because it was like the sun and the birds and all this stuff that I hadn't I hadn't been present for. I'd just been in this cycle of like crying, just getting it through the day, feeding the kids, getting them to bed, doing it again. And I was and I felt like a spring in my step. And I was, oh my God, nature. And I was like, I just felt really different. And when I got in, I kind of came up the stairs and normally I would just go to the sofa and lay in the back of the sofa and cry. And I sort of sat on the edge of the sofa and was like, okay, like. What do we do now? And I just felt really different. And I felt this sense of peace. I have never, ever, ever felt. I always, if I struggle now, I always go back to this moment because I just sat there and it was just so weird. It was only a glimmer, but it was the house was silent and I lived by parks. There's no noise, no traffic, nothing. And within myself, I felt peace. I'd never, ever felt it ever. And I think this is probably about five years ago. So I was what, 25, 25, 26. And I just sat with it. And it was such a weird experience. And then I thought, okay, well, you can do the washing up. So I did a bit of washing up. Then I was like, okay, well, you can sort the washing out. So I did a bit of that. And then I thought, okay. So then I started Googling, what did I want to Google? Volunteering. I wanted to do some volunteering for something. And yeah, I just went on this thing of, I got rid of my telly in my bedroom. I was like, that's it. The telly's going. Um, And it all did seem quite random and manic, but I was just in this, I just would get prompted to do like 
find this but I think my friend actually gave me a book about Zen I started reading about Buddhism and things like that and yeah then I went to um I had to go to the post office actually and I was in the post office and the the queues it was really like overwhelming so I got out and by the pencil cases there was this book called um the mindful way through depression and it was a eight-week program and I opened it and as I was reading it I was like oh my god it's talking to me like it's literally speaking to me (laughs) and it was all about like how you feel and all these things. I got the book, went home. That was it. I was obsessed. I I had to keep restarting. So you have to do, it's like meditation and it's a workbook and you go through it. Because as lovely as this all sounds, I was still really, really struggling. So I'd have like good days and then it would just be bad. And I'd be like, oh my God. But -hmm. then I would get back into my book and I'd read a bit. And then it might be a week or two. I just really struggled to get into the meditation. But what I didn't realize is I was doing stuff. I was, I was just chipping away slowly, slowly. But because I wasn't having this like massive transformation that I thought I would have, I was like really giving up and being like, oh my God, it's not working. But slowly by slowly, even each page that I read, sometimes I'd have to read it 10 times because my brain was just, I couldn't take it in. But slowly, but slowly, but slowly. Yeah, I read that book, did that eventually, um, did the meditation, learned so much about mindfulness. Um, that book is actually so amazing about like learning about the brain and like how it all works. And then it would just be, um, I did a course about trauma. Then I did um, the, my mindfulness course to teach children. And in doing the, the teaching training, you have to do the activities yourself. So I spent an intensive, like, I don't know how many days it was, but you're actually doing like nonstop mindfulness, meditation, sharing. And again, at the time I thought it, nothing was happening, but it really was. Then I was doing it with my children at home. And yeah, it was just kind of, building and building and building. That's insane. That's awesome. First of all. And I, I just, it's so funny because it's, it's just so relatable. And this is exactly what I was talking to you about um, before we started recording when I said that I love talking to people because it really just solidifies everything that I'm always trying to say. That's exactly what you just did. I feel like I fucking say that all the time. And that's literally real life what you did. So that's so cool. I think too, that, um, the I really want to acknowledge how it really sounds and I know you did say this but it really sounds like just one day you were like okay like I gotta get the ball rolling but that it wasn't linear that it was you know you did fluctuate and do all of these things so even though it does sound like okay one day I made the decision which is sometimes I feel like how it can feel but Uh -uh. it is still definitely an up and down progress progress you'd agree right Yeah, 100%. And I didn't realize a lot of the things that I was doing. So say, for example, um, my car just stopped working that day. So I had to take a lot of buses and I had to do a lot of walking. So in me doing these walks, I didn't realize I was doing anything good for myself or like my mindfulness and all that. But you are, I was doing it, but it didn't feel like it at all. Um, I think my phone broke within that same period of time and the telly in the front room went. So me and the kids used to just go for walks, but they're just, I was just reacting to life. I didn't realize it was actually really helping me. And so, yeah, it it definitely didn't feel like it it feels now (laughs) at the time. It really was a process. Do you still do the walks? Yeah, we walk all the time. Yeah, yeah. We still, there's something we started was called quiet time. And it was really weird because the telly broke. And um, I was walking back one day on this long walk and there was a bunch of magazines on someone's wall. So I carried these massive bunch of magazines all the way home. And we started doing, um, we called it moonboarding, I think. And it was cutting out, we made loads of collages. So every night before bed, we would just sit and we'd do like drawing, colouring. And I was so into it. Like it would be bedtime and I'd be there like with mindfulness colouring or just cutting and making these vision boards. And um, yeah, we carried that all the way through. Even now, to, like now we have quiet time and it's like no screen, turn the telly off. About 10, 15 minutes before bed. And we'll either do drawing, reading, whatever we're doing. Yeah, we do nighttime walks. They love it. I, I absolutely love walking. Like I love walking. I have to go at least once a day. I have to go for a walk. That's mm. amazing. I love that. I love how you said you were reacting to life and it's interesting how you were, it was a reaction and now it's an intentional choice. I really like that. Mm. Um, so I know you are mentioning this, that you didn't have a car, you didn't have a phone, you didn't have TV. And you had mentioned that when you had filled out the questionnaire about being on the show. And so I was really fascinated by that because obviously I think that's so <laughs> not how our world operates, but it yeah. sounds like it wasn't your well, I don't know, kind of at the same time that I, w- I was going to say, it wasn't your necessary, your decision to do that because it just happened and it was a yeah, reaction I mean, to life. Yeah, but, I mean, my car broke. Oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, but I feel like you decided to not get it back. I mean, right? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my car broke and I didn't have the money to fix it. And I was also very much, if you, if you think about like, I literally was 
just about able to get out of bed during the day. So the thought of ringing a garage, going to a garage, I just, I, could, I didn't have it. I just left it. I literally just left my car aside. <laughs> I can't, I am not doing it. We used to walk past the car and the kids would be like, oh, the car, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just didn't have it in me to deal with it. Um, the phone, so it was an iPhone. I smashed my iPhone. And so I just got, and I've still got it today, a little, you know, the 10 pound phones. Um, and I was just on one of them. As long as the school could contact me or my mum could ring me or whatever. And I still have that now. Um, Cause sometimes I take a lot of social media breaks and it, I just have that. That's I've had that same phone number for probably like 15 years. And it's just a little SIM and a 10 pound phone. <laughs> and I really love it. So I just had that. Um, and the telly, yeah, the telly just broke in the front room and I just got on with it. It just, it just became something that we just didn't even notice. We just get up in the morning, get ready, go out. Um, I didn't use it in the day. I mean, I rarely watch telly now and I think it's because of that time. Um, and then the evening we didn't have it. Yeah. It just kind of phased it out, but it was half because I didn't have the money to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't think I just phased it. I just found another way. There's, there was a bus at the top of the road. Then I bought, um, a notebook and I, this one I started journaling and I write in this book all the way from the kids school back once I learned the bus and then that was my routine just doing that like I said the quiet time that become the routine the phone that was fine I just used the other phone I didn't care about social media yeah just kind of it just I accidentally did it <laughs> through not being yeah and you did it for three years so the te- no so the telly we had probably about a year and a half maybe two no telly um the phone I did replace the phone once I started working so I'd say up to a year I had that phone I still got the phone now but mm-hmm. I have other phones. Um, mm-hmm. And the car, how long did I have no car for? The car was ages. I can't remember off the top of my head how long the car was, but I eventually did get another car. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we were just buses, walking. Would you do it again? Or would you recommend it? Yeah, like, do you no, think it contributed to your journey? Absolutely. I think it was so, people, it, that, it was that moment. It was, it was when it all broke down. It was this little bubble right. of time. It's all these things happened at the same time. And I think me reacting to life, like I said, just getting on with it. I think that, yeah, I just kind of like came out of that old life and into this other one that way by in, in doing those things. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I do it. Again. I would love to, I love having no phone. I love it. I, um, people always say to me, I can't get hold of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I like it. I mean, the car's convenient. I love having, I mean, it was such hard work getting the shopping and then on the, and the kids. And, but I think it does, it builds your strength as a person as well, having to kind of, just get get in and get on with life and I think where I was so used to just pushing forward I had that in me to just be like okay we're gonna do it but it was in a healthier way this time I think I think it's interesting too because I feel like it really at like almost and obviously not completely because it's tv phone and car but at almost like a caveman quote-unquote level (laughs) (laughs) makes you have to um practice your problem-solving skills And so it's like, it almost could translate into your mental health that you know that you can like get through life with these problem solving skills and have to be able to do them in your head at the same time is kind of, that's pretty kick-ass. I like that. (laughs) And I really feel that I kind of like start to have almost like a spiritual awakening, if that's what you want to call it. But I mean, I I say about the universe all the time and Mm -hmm. I felt that in in so many little ways in that period of time. I felt the universe was with me. And so, so it'd be silly things like we'd be running late for the bus and I'd be praying, praying, praying. And then we'd get there and the bus would just be there. And it'd just be like these funny little random bits along the way. Um, and I'd be talking in my head, like, please, please, please. And, and, and it would all start to work. And it would, and then it's motivating me to keep going and keep going and keep going because things were working out. And I was like, okay, this is fine. It's all fine. And yeah, I really felt like that's where my whole thing with the universe came from. For sure. Is that so would would that be what you s- would say is what you were starting to experience or feel when you started to recognize that you were beginning to feel better? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it would just be things things were working out. Things weren't as heavy, things weren't as difficult. Um I mean there was still a lot of things inside me where I was struggling and my emotions were all over the place, but to be able to just walk in a park and feel at peace was insane. Like that moment I said, like I had never, ever felt peaceful. I'd always felt like my mind has never, ever stopped rushing. I've always mm. felt inside knots in my stomach, like tense, jaw, t- everything tense. Mm. I'm like so, um, just a horrible feeling all the time. And so to feel kind of relaxed and at peace, I was like, oh my God, I need more of this. <laughs> so the more things that I got the opportunity, whether it's in the park or walking the kids to school, I found these little moments and I thought, oh, I'm just going to keep doing it. Just gonna, yeah, keep going. yeah. What would you attribute that to? Just like a mindset shift or that reading or what? 
I think the universe definitely took a lot of things out of my life that shouldn't have been there. And so there was the relationship I was in. If I look back now, it wasn't right. And that I put so much of myself into it and it, it just wasn't right. And so even though I did, I, my heart was so broken and I was so upset and I thought, oh my God, my life's over and what am I going to do now? And I'm never going to be, and all these things. But actually that was so good because it took, it took out, it kind of forced my hand in a way. Like if, okay, if you're not going to do this yourself, we're going to remove this person. And I think the grief helped me to release a lot of things that I'd been bottling up because you just, you're just so sad and it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And it's almost like, I remember one night just crying, but it was almost like, I was throwing up at this. I'm not being sick. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> just so much pain and sad. And all this stuff's coming out. Um, there are people in my life then that I don't speak to now, family members even. And it just, it was the right thing. And I think it removed me from a lot of things that I feel were probably not for my best self. Um, so I think that did also help. I kind of think that I was separated from a lot of things. Maybe, and, and in that way of like not having a phone, not having social media, just being on my own, I think, just really being by myself. I think that really did, that really helped me. That's awesome. I think too, that like, it really speaks to, I don't know, it kind of just like, would you agree with this, that it kind of just happens? Like you just have to feel through it and go through the cycle and then eventually things will get better and trusting that. Yeah, I really think so. I kind of sometimes say about like <laughs> when you're giving birth and you just have to kind of like, it's that like final push and, it, and you really think that, like, oh my God, I'm going to try. <laughs> but it is, you are going to get there. Like it's going to be, you, it definitely is always going to be okay. Always. It really is, but it just feels like hell. And I think you can do things to make it easier in the sense of letting go of things that are not for you because the whole, the, the more you hold on, the harder it's going to be. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just going to hurt more. So I think in that way, the sooner you, and like we said at the beginning, it's that acceptance. Okay. I, this is how I feel. This is what's not working. This is what I'm struggling with. And if there are things that kind of need to be let go of, just to let them go, because they will eventually, I believe the universe will eventually bring things out of, out of the way. I mean, I do um, tarot and there's a card in the tarot deck called the tower. And so a tower moment basically means like it just comes in and like it's like a bulldozer in your life. <laughs> Whatever's not meant to be there will just get wiped out and you have to kind of rebuild but you can almost help yourself in some ways of sort of letting go sooner. But I like that because I just feel like it's not, I don't know, I guess I me, mean, I didn't realize it enough or it's not talked about enough, whatever the case is. I just feel that because as people, we try so hard to control things in mm-hmm. our life and it feels like our mindset is something that we should be able to control. And so it's kind of interesting because it it is to a certain extent, you know, like you do have to make an effort to show up for yourself and to try to make yourself feel better. But it really is a process that you have to allow yourself to feel through and trust that it'll, you know, it'll eventually work out if you allow it to. That's mm. awesome. Like let go. Mm-hmm. And I think our mindset shifts and changes all the time. Like we're different people now than we were five years ago, two years ago. We will be different people in a few right. years. I think our, our mindset is always changing. But the healthier you get, the healthier your mindset gets, the healthier your mindset gets, the healthier your bank account gets, and your friendships get, and your relationships get. And it all, everything's connected. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, yeah, you can, it's, it's something that you can change. But I also feel that sometimes things around you, you, we don't really have control of. Um, mm-hmm. and the more you do try and control it, the heart you, you're going to feel that resistance and it doesn't feel nice. <laughs> right. Completely. If you had to give the journey that you went on a timeline, what would you give it? So 2018 is when I'm talking about this phone car, like all went wrong. So 2018 to say now 2024, um, I think, for, I think from at least 2018 to 2020, I was in that not linear healing kind of messy cycle of all sorts but even funny then because when I look at myself then thinking oh you're so healed I I wasn't so I think at each point I thought oh you're really healed now no you're not so I I think a good few years but it, it did progressively get better and better and better but I think at least a year of just absolutely letting go letting it all be a mess not knowing what I was doing not having a clue about anything just just being in my emotions and yeah just getting through the day and I think at least a year of just doing that. Yeah. Um, and then I think, yeah, I guess from 2018 till now, it's just been getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. I assume that you'd agree that healing doesn't 
stop that there's you know you're always going to be continuing on which is kind of what I picked up from you saying you look back and you're like you weren't healed what are you talking about you're so much better now so do what do you think that point is like where can you like talk about what it's like to be healed like because you know that you're really good now you know that you really love yourself now but there's always that progression can you speak on that at all yeah um so I think in terms of healing I feel like it comes in stages so depending what's going on in your childhood and your life in general and and what it actually is that you need healing all of us are going to be slightly different but for me it was healing emotionally and also my triggers so like I said at the beginning I used to get really angry and and really quickly and I hated that about myself and I thought that that's who I was and it, mm-hmm. and it took a long time for me to understand okay where's this anger coming from okay it's unhealed pain what unhealed pain why do you have it what does it mean and and in doing that you're learning about yourself but it's also very difficult to apply that practically in the day like to not actually get road rage or to not snap at the kids or to not like feel anxious about something so I think healing takes shape in that you start to look at what you don't like about yourself so for me it was my anger and it was also that I I struggled a lot with anxiety like really badly and so I think that you look at those type of things and think okay well where does it come from and the more you learn about it you realize okay fine this is where it's come from what can I do to to make it better and you start working on these triggers as that's what they're called um and the more that you do it you're always gonna it's never gonna work straight away so for example my example would be like to stay calmer with the kids it's not even now like I shouted this morning because I'm rushing around and I'm trying to get the zoom on and we're doing all these things but that is like a hundred percent better than it used to be and it's just it's like learning you're just constantly learning like you said it's there's a lot of healing to do I think emotional healing but I think once you feel a sense of peace within yourself and you, you're not like I used to cry all the time like just really, really emotional. Like I said, just my anger would go. I don't feel like that anymore. So I know internally I've healed, like emotionally I've healed. And my mind feels at peace. My heart feels at peace. But I think once you've done that type of healing, then it's more about like learning and self-development. Um, and that more so looks like, how do you want to be a better version of yourself? And that that more takes shape in the sense of building new habits, new skills, new patterns. So I think it's definitely like a process of emotionally healing what's inside and then get into a place where you feel like, okay, my mind's at peace, my heart's at peace, I feel confident, I like who I am enough, and, and I'm going to go forward. And then it becomes a self-development journey. And you're mm-hmm. building totally. Like, totally. I And that's interesting, too, because it's like you're, you know, you're completely scrambled in that emotional downward spiral. And so that's such a good point, that it's like you have to get to a point that you don't feel like scatterbrained and all over the place and you're never at peace and everything sucks and I hate my life and get to a place that you know you feel good and you you feel Mm. confident and you feel like you love yourself but there's always going to be things that you want to improve on like you know maybe you've let anxious thoughts get the best of you sometimes you know what can you do to work through that or how can you I don't know improve yourself to be better at speaking to people in crowds you know whatever that whatever it is for you. So that's cool. I like that point of view because it definitely is like, you know, the intensity is there for the beginning and the emotional and mindset kind of stuff. But, you know, you gotta, you're always going to be progressing, but it's not going to be so my life is over and I hate the whole thing. So that's cool. Yeah. You can have like, you almost build a solid foundation to then to work from. Cause I think ah. if you try any of the other stuff, when you're in the scramble, it's not going to work. And then you hate yourself more because you're like, why can't I do it? It's just yes. never going to happen. <laughs> Completely. Oh, I love that. Building the foundation. That's totally it. I love it. What do you wish people understood about self-love? That is possible. You know, I speak to so many people and I think that they they don't actually think it's possible or it's like, especially for me, people, not everybody, but it's very much, oh, it's all right for you especially people that don't really know where I've been and that they meet me now. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> but it, I've, I've had to get here. I've had to get myself here. And I think it's, I want people to know that it is very possible no matter what's going on or where you're at or, or what you think or any of those things that it definitely is very, very possible. Um, but also there is hard work. It does take a lot of graft to put into yourself and heal yourself and kind of, yeah, like go on that journey and it is a journey. Um, but yeah, there's, it is, it's possible for everybody. I want everybody to know that it's 110% possible. Um, but it does take 
is a little bit more than the nice things, which they're all good, like massage and spa days and, and pampering and all of that good stuff and journaling, all the things that we do talk about, they are excellent. But I think there is an element of like that scramble side of things, that that kind of going deeper and the messy stuff. And it doesn't always look pretty. Um, and self-love sometimes is just sitting with yourself when you're in a whole big mess and you're just like, oh, what was this day? <laughs> like that sometimes, that's part of it. Yeah. What do you, what would you contribute your, or maybe tribute is the right word. What would you credit your self-love to? That's an interesting question. I think I always go back to that place that I was talking about where it all went wrong. And then I started to, I think that I connected with the universe and I don't believe, I mean, when I say universe, I don't exactly, I'm talking like a higher power, a higher self. People say, God, I don't really know what Mm -hmm. I mean. But I just know I didn't get through that on my own. Like there's just no way. And and I know all the little things that came along the way and the days where you're like, oh my God, like, did anybody else to see that? Because like, I know I felt it and I know there's so many, that happens all the time. And I know that that definitely wasn't me. So I contribute it in a sense to whatever that is, that higher power, that other, my higher self, whoever, whatever, God, <laughs> don't yeah. know, but angels, anything. But definitely that was a huge big part of it. And I think my kids as well, like I always wanted to be better for my kids and I did really struggle. And I, I yeah, I think that's why I used to beat myself up a lot. Cause like you said at the beginning, it's like, you know, you want to be better, but yeah, I just couldn't. So I think my kids were always up there of like, I want to, I want to help or like be better for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool that you, cause I'm, I'm the same as you. I talk about universe, higher self, that kind of thing, but it, right. It can translate into God or whatever it is people want it to be. And one time I talked to, I talked, I interviewed somebody, I talked to somebody on here and, uh, she is a religious person. And so she looks to God and she was talking about how God gives you these messages. And, and when he speaks to you, and I've heard people say that in the past and I never, resonate with that i'm like what are you talking about some guy speaking mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense what are you talking about and i'm not religious so that's why i think that yeah, but yeah then as she continued to talk about it she was like yeah it's just like you know you're you're going and you're living your life and then all of a sudden something tells you to do something like there's this voice in your head or whatever it looks like for you that you know you just have this like knowing that washes over you and that's really how i felt about like starting the podcast is that it was like i cannot not do this like there is something in me telling me that i have to do it and so i think that like that is totally what that is so it's just it's so cool to hear you say it cuz it's just like again trusting the process and trusting that trusting yourself that, you know, you'll be able to work through it, even though you probably have no self-trust at that headspace, mm-hmm. but you know, that there is something to lean on if that is, you know, I, I like how you said higher self or the universe, whatever it's, you know, eventually you're, you're going to get through it and it's going to be okay. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I would, I want to know, so you had mentioned that I mean, we've talked about it uh, several times now that, you know, it looks like you have your life all together, but, you know, there's still obviously moments that you get down or whatever. So I'm curious for people that have reached, they, they've created that foundation and now they're at the place that they love themselves and they're confident, but still get bogged down. I can picture feeling when I wasn't maybe as healed as I am now, but definitely more healed than I was at the beginning, feeling like, God damn it, I'm like falling back into it. And <laughs> and I, you know, I felt like I was doing so good. How can I, like, what's happening? What advice would you give to people that get like easily bogged down by setbacks and challenges in their life? I think to remember that it's all part of the, it's all part of the game. It's all, it, this is, it's normal. That's what's supposed to be happening. So if you've definitely got to yourself where you're at a foundational point where you're like, okay, I'm ready. You're going to be tested. Life is going to test you. And as well, people, I think this is where other people come into it. So a lot of the time when you build the foundation for me personally, it's a lot of inner work. It's a lot of being on your own, a lot of healing, a lot of that type of thing. When you're ready, I believe that other people come in as tests and challenges because we learn so much from relationships, not even just romantic, but people that we work with, bosses, neighbors, anybody. And that's when you start to see your triggers that you think, oh, I've done all my healing work and I've done all my triggers and I've done all my journaling and I'm really good now. Then you meet someone, they trigger all this stuff in you and you're like, what? why have I got a setback? It's not, it's just showing you your next bit that you can't show yourself. So we meet people and, we, and or something happens and we think, oh damn, I'm, I've done it again or I've self-sabotaged or whatever. You haven't, it's all part of the plan. 
everybody that we meet is part of the plan. They're on the next, every time we try and level up, there's some sort of a, uh, a way to pass to get to the next level. And a lot of the time it comes in the shape of another person or people or, and, and I, well, a lot of the people that I work with, um, they'll say, you know, like I've had these friends for like 20 years and then this, and I'm like, yeah, but it's cause you're growing. It's cause you're growing. And now that was supposed to happen. It was always going to happen, but it feels mm-hmm. shit. It feels like, well, why I've got my life together now. Why did they have to do this? But it is to help you to get to the next bit. So even though they seem like setbacks, they're not, they're just level ups. They, they just don't, it's just how we're looking at it. You're just leveling I up. I love that. I love that. And I love how you say it was always going to happen. Like that was always Ooh. a part of your plan. And again, for the 3000th time, it's trusting the process and allowing it to play out. That is so yeah. cool. And it's such a good mindset shift to be like, all right, well, you know what? Either way, this is what I was going to have to deal with. So fuck it. We got to figure out yeah. how that's going to happen for me. That's so cool. I love it. What would you say? You mentioned your, uh, what you tell your clients. What would you say is like something that mm, you see most people struggle with and the advice that you give for them? Um, a lot of the time with women, it's uh, relationships. Um and it will be, they're in something that doesn't feel great and they know it could be better, but they maybe don't have that confidence within themselves to either be on their own or to let go of it and, and see what what else might be out there. So I, I do see a lot of that. Um, and and that, that's not even necessarily just women. It, I, I just typically coach more women than men, but mm-hmm. with, with um, if it's not relationships, it can even be like jobs, things like that. It's just a lot of the time, something is not working and the person is struggling with it and it's not making them happy and they don't feel great, but they, they struggle with the letting go part because it's that trust of, well, what am I going to do? What else is there? Cause I think, and this was, you know, I did the same thing. I built my whole life around this person and I thought, well, this is it. And then when it's ripped away from me, I'm like, well, what's going to happen? It's all going to go wrong. And, and I didn't think, okay, this is great. Now I can build new stuff. I didn't think like that. So I think a lot of the time we struggle with, well, this is what I've created. This is my plan. Don't mess it up. And, and I want it like this. And the, the, just the thought of taking it away or changing it, it's like, no, 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 I, I, it's fine. It's fine <laughs> when it's not. But yeah, I think I just, I just see a lot of times people are struggling with something and they don't feel great. And it, sometimes it's other things, but they don't necessarily want to look at it being the other thing. So yeah, they just kind of keep struggling. Mm-hmm. I like that you say that about the plan too. Cause I mean, that was like, I was so bad at that, that it's like you create this plan yeah. in your head for yourself. And when it doesn't follow how you want it to play out, it's just like so upsetting, but you know, allowing again, the universe to play out and do whatever it's supposed to do. And just kind of rolling with the punches. It's kind of like, I always think like people always ask, like, do you follow fate or do you like take your own like, course? and, try and to make- yeah, like, You're going to get either you make things happen or things happen. So yes, happen. exactly. And I just really feel like it's both that it's like, you know, you allow fate to happen. You allow things to fall into your life, but then you choose what to, to do with them. And then if they leave, then, you know, you choose how to carry yourself from that and deal with it from that. So that's cool. Yeah. I agree. I was going to say it's both. Even what you said about the podcast, like you had the idea of the podcast. It's then up to you to start thinking of a name, to do this, to do this, to get the mic, to ask me. Like it's, that's all on you. Right. But the universe will connect you with all the people that you need. But it's up to you to get up and to get on with. And we, I think we all do have these ideas and things and plans. But it depends. Yeah, it does. It depends on you if you're going to act on it. But if you do act on it, I definitely believe that the universe meets you more than halfway. Mm-hmm. It's just that making that first step. Right. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Well, to wrap things up, I like to play a game with my guests called Kind of Toxic, Kind of Well, speaking into that same um, same idea that, you know, as good as people's lives look and as healed as they may seem, there's obviously things that we all kind of screw up on once in a while or lean into the toxic once in a while. But I find that a lot of the time when I'm asking these very healed people, these questions, they typically have healed answers. So if like, however you want to answer the question, whatever insight you want to give while I ask the questions, by all means, I would love it. But I have these questions if you're down to play. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. What or who are you jealous of? Oh, that's a good one. What or who am I jealous of? I think in all honesty, I'm not jealous of anything or anyone because I think a few years ago, I read this thing that you can either be jealous or you can look at them and think, like I basically be like, oh, thank you for that. If there's something I want, I say, oh, thank you because you're showing me a ver- it's like what I'm going to have. 
So I think in uh, truthfully answering that, I'm not jealous of anything. I love that. I I've said that. And I, I, you're probably like the second or third person who I've asked that question that had that answer. And it's just like, it's so true. I love it that you can look to them for things that you want in your own life. Love mm. it. When is the last time you people pleased instead of doing or saying what you really wanted? Oh, do you know what? I tell everybody, I literally say to my brother, like, no, don't do that. And then I do. And he said, well, you just did this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. mine will be, um, in, te- in terms of work, I I try and and fit all my clients in. I try. I'm always back to back to back to back. That will probably be my way of doing it. In my personal life, no. And I, I am really good with boundaries and things like that. But I think I do probably people please coming into in a work sense, like just trying to fit everybody in, or yeah, doing more than probably I need to do, but just doing it because I just do it. Um, that's mm-hmm. probably it in work. Love it. When are you selfish? <laughs> all the time <laughs> uh, um, when am I selfish probably in a good way like I'm quite selfish with in terms of like this is my time and I'm good yeah this is what I'm doing with it um well, yeah I think maybe with my time but in a in a in a good way mm-hmm. absolutely do you do something specific or you just mean being able to you know focus on yourself and care for yourself Mostly focusing on myself and that, but I think it will be, so in the evening, I always have a bath. I like candles, I have a bath, I've had a podcast on or a book, like that is my time. <laughs> and that that's just how it is. And I say to the kids, you know, you get ready and get ready for bed and you can chill, but that's my time and I'm going in the bath. <laughs> I'm not looking to you. I'm in the bath. Love like, little things love like that. Yeah. Cool. What do you find yourself overthinking about? Oh, do you know what? I've always got about 5,000 tabs open in my head and I don't necessarily think I overthink, but I'm always jumping around. And I, I like the other night I was up at two in the morning and I get so many ideas, either like ideas for projects, ideas for a business, career ideas. Like I'm always, yeah, just pinging around with things. I don't think I overthink anything. Um, cause I've just, yeah, just don't do that anymore. But I think I'm always just, yeah, my thoughts are, I'm just always thinking of different things. Okay, thank you for that because that just changed my life. <laughs> I always think that I like I'm overthinking everything, and it's a hundred percent that I have three thousand tabs open and I'm jumping around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what is a should you have let go of? A should. Mm-hmm. What's a should? I. How do you mean? Like, what is something that you always felt like? Oh, I sh- I should be doing this, or I sh- should be going okay. out with my friends, or I should be whatever. Um, probably that I should be like married by now. I mean, I'm 33 this year. And I think in my mind, especially when I was in a a longer relationship, I imagined I'd be married and have kids and that type of, I have kids, but like (laughs) more kids. Um, that's probably the only one, everything else I've definitely handed over to the universe and whatever comes my way, I'm grateful and I'm enjoying my whole life journey. But that was probably my only one where I thought, even this morning I woke up, it's Valentine's day. And I was like, Oh, that yeah that probably that one that I should be with somebody especially and and that whole thing with age I think women we do that a lot like oh I'm you know I'm getting them what if I want to have more kids and it's gonna be this I, I think that's probably my own one like yeah the yeah. person will come when they're ready amen <laughs> what makes you quick to get angry oh I think I get quite overstimulated in the day. So if I'm really busy and I'm back to back and I'm rushing around and I'm doing 101 things and it'll be something like, say I've asked the kids to do something and then I walk in and the scooter bangs me in the leg and then something, and it's just like chaos. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's so Generally, weird. I'm very un, un, um, mm-hmm. unbothered person. But yeah, it'll probably just be like the noise and the telly and the scooter and the kids and the phones ringing and it'll just be a lot of things all at once. I relate to that. And the being overly stimulated. So true. (laughs) What are you afraid of? You know, I've had a few people ask me this and I really mean it when I say I'm not afraid of anything because I have really tried to search for this. I've tried to find an answer and I'm being really serious when I say nothing. I just, nothing that I've so far come up with or up against or nothing. That's kick ass. I love that. That's so cool. Just because you trust yourself or what? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, I think if you, if your mindset is always like mine is always that this is supposed to be happening and it's, it will be this or better. And even if it's not good, it's going to be fine. So I think I can't really fear anything 
Plus, I just don't think I have it in me anymore to be anxious. I think I just, I just don't, it's not in there anymore. I can't even find it if I want to get anxious about something. I love it. Um, yeah. Cool. What do you not have empathy for? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I think in social work, because I'm back in that now, I think there's a lot of times where I'll meet parents and, you know, they're, really not doing a great job you know they're not they're they're not being great with their kids and they're not actually providing you know what they should be and they will often kind of say all of these things to me and I think like okay yeah but these are your kids like these should be a priority I think that's probably my only time in my in my day where I feel like "Mm, I you know I'm not I don't know probably that just that (laughs) Yeah, in in a in a because you know I've been there and I do fully get it, but I don't know. I think sometimes I've seen people make a lot of excuses, and it's like okay, fine, but like, like have you try? Are you trying? Mm-hmm. Just um, maybe in that sense, I can so picture that coming from you too, being like, <laughs> "Hi, I did it, so I don't have empathy for you. <laughs> Figure it out." And I think you know, I don't want that to come across like, "Oh, you know, because I've done it and I, I don't," but. I always will help people always. And I always yeah. fully get it. And I, but I think, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I, <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to someone trying to improve themselves or become more well than toxic, what would it be? Oh, good question. I think own your toxicity and just jump headfirst into wellness. Do as much as have it as scatty as you can try it all do it all and give yourself time and space separate yourself and just do as much as you possibly can in that direction and see what works amazing I love it where can people find you so nowhere no I'm joking I'm on um, (laughs) on Instagram I have an Instagram magic elephant there but I'm I'm gonna take a social media break for a little while so I probably won't be doing anything on there but yeah um magic elephant on Instagram Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I, I feel like you and I have very similar mindsets and I just, I really appreciated talking to you. I really enjoyed hearing your journey and I think you're really going to help my listeners and you've helped me. So it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.